Well, Shades of Harvey Weinstein was the case I'm about to tell you about, the first big kind of forerunner to the Me Too movement more than a century earlier. So Evelyn Nesbitt was a showgirl who wanted more, and architect Stanford White was a celebrity hotshot who could give her more. So how did he wind up murdered at the rooftop theater at Madison Square Garden? And why did Thomas Edison make an early flick about the murder? I'm Patty Steele. Stanford White and Evelyn Nesbitt, the girl in the red velvet swing. That's next on The Backstory. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with the backstory. Powerful men and their biggest weakness. What do you think it is? Beautiful young women, right? So how did Stanford White go from being the darling of East Coast society to being gunned down in cold blood in front of a theater-going crowd at one of his most beautiful creations, the rooftop theater at Madison Square Garden, and then have his reputation completely shattered after his death? It was 1906, and it was called the trial of the century. But today, we'd call it the ultimate Me Too case, with 15-year-old showgirl Evelyn Nesbitt at its core. Yeah, I said 15 years old. It led to several explosive firsts in the courtroom. Stanford's killing obsessed America, and it was a cold shower for other wealthy womanizers, I'll bet. 
Stanford White designed some really iconic buildings in places like New York City, Newport, Rhode Island, Long Island, lots of other places. From fabulous mansions for power players like the Vanderbilts to spectacular public places like the early Madison Square Garden and the exquisite Tiffany Building on Fifth Avenue. But he had a fatal flaw. Like a lot of powerful men, he was crazy about very, very young women. In 1901, when he was 47, Stanford met Evelyn Nesbitt, a gorgeous 15-year-old whose widowed mother needed money. She pushed Evelyn to work as a model and showgirl to help bring in cash, and Evelyn was actually pretty successful. Like a lot of stage mothers, Evelyn's mom loved the idea of her daughter meeting rich guys, and she encouraged her to cozy up to Stanford when he showed some interest in her. Not long after mother and daughter had lunch at his fabulous apartment over Madison Square Garden, Stanford set the family up in their own apartment and paid for her little brother's boarding school. When Evelyn's mom had to leave town, sort of conveniently, she asked Stanford to watch over her daughter. That led to dinner and plenty of champagne at his apartment. Was it spiked? Maybe. He had her change into a silk kimono, and she settled into the infamous red velvet swing that hung from his towering living room ceiling as he pushed her back and forth. She later said that the next thing she knew, she woke up naked in bed next to Stanford, who was also naked, and there was blood on the sheets, which she said proved she'd been raped. But the relationship did continue for several years. Eventually, though, it petered out, as those things do, but he still took care of the family. After seeing other men, Evelyn hooked up with a multimillionaire from Pittsburgh, Harry Thaw, a spoiled rich kid whose mother constantly protected him from responsibility. He was horribly abusive and vindictive, but his money made him a catch, and eventually he asked Evelyn to marry him. She finally agreed, but then told him she'd lost her virginity to Stanford and kind of made it clear she felt she'd been raped. Harry went nuts. He beat Evelyn up, but in 1905, he married her. A year later, though, he had a plan for his revenge. He and Evelyn, along with another couple, went to see a show at the Madison Square Garden rooftop theater. As usual, Stanford had a table right in front of the stage. It was 11 p.m., and there was an intense scene in the play. Harry excused himself from the table. He quietly walked over to Stanford, opened his coat, and pulled out a pistol. He pumped three bullets into Stanford's head and back, killing him instantly. Well, it was the biggest story in decades. By the next morning, every page in every newspaper was filled with stories about the murder and the people involved even the most peripherally involved. Other wealthy playboys were targeted by the press as well. A ton of them took off for Europe or distant country houses where reporters in those days wouldn't actually follow them. And listen to this. Just a week after the murder, Thomas Edison put out a film about the killing called Rooftop Murder that ran in Nickelodeon theaters. Yeah, cashing in with what may have been the very first celebrity gossip flick. 
Stanford was relentlessly attacked in the press, and Harry, whose mother spent a fortune on good press for him, was portrayed as a guy just protecting his wife's reputation. In fact, his mom also spent a million bucks, which, by the way, is the equivalent of 35 million today, on a team of lawyers who had Harry plead temporary insanity. Now, that was the first time that had ever been used in court in the U.S. It was called the trial of the century, and also, for the first time in U.S. history, the jury was sequestered to keep them from reading the lurid press accounts. They couldn't go home at night. In the end, Harry was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Forget the temporary part, and he and his mom were furious after all the money they'd spent. But he went in, he was still spoiled, and while in the asylum, he had a luxurious cell with a brass bed, antique dressers filled with tailor-made clothes, and dinner brought in every night from some of New York's finest restaurants like Delmonico's. After five years with the help of his mom, Harry escaped from the asylum and fled to Canada. Eventually, he was extradited back to the U.S., but by 1915, authorities decided he was no longer insane and they released him. A year later, guess what? He was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and sexually assaulting a teenage boy. During that trial, it came out he'd done the same thing to a lot of other teenage men and women. He had a particular passion for beating them and scalding them with hot water. Again, he was judged insane, but he was freed just a few years later, eventually dying in 1947. Evelyn Nesbitt had a son with Harry, but soon divorced him. She married again, but that didn't last either. She did have a pretty successful career in Hollywood, and she died there in 1967 at 82. Evelyn was at the heart of what you could call one of the first hugely publicized Me Too-type cases, but it didn't put a stop to that abuse of power. While Stanford White's reputation took decades to resurrect, ironically, it didn't take much time at all for the abuse of young, vulnerable showbiz wannabes by powerful people to return to business as usual. I'm Patty Steele. The Backstory is a production of iHeartMedia and Steel Trap Productions. Our producer is Doug Fraser. Our executive producer is Steve Goldstein of Amplify Media. We're out with new episodes twice a week. Thanks for listening to The Backstory, the pieces of history you didn't know you needed to know. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.